This is Basket Case Clubs, CPR Group's podcast where we turn basket case clubs into showcase clubs. Hello everyone and welcome back to Basket Case Clubs. My name's Michael Connolly and it is my pleasure to once again guide you on our journey of basket casey goodness. Joining me as always is Steve Connolly. G'day Steve. Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whenever you're listening. <laughs> and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening and good night. <laughs> How you going? Oh, I'm going terrifically well. Uh, you sound fantastic as always, Steve. Oh, thank you. Likewise. Oh, well, that, this is what you're supposed to say. I don't sound as good as I look. Oh, <laughs> absolutely, Steve. You really do have a head for radio and podcasts. Well done. <laughs> and yeah, of course, heavens for podcasts becoming a thing because I'm never going to make it on radio. <laughs> yeah. What's radio? So to all of our younger listeners, <laughs> radio is the place where they used to spin records. Somebody said yesterday, because um, in my office, I've got a, a cool record player that your lovely wife put the, the dressed up my um, little, I don't know what you call it, a credenza, a hutch, a bureau, buffet. A sideboard, a buffet. There you go. So there's a buffet at the back of the room and it's just, it's just gorgeous. It's got a really cool retro record player on it. So it was an excuse for me to dig out all my old records and we we're just talking yesterday in a meeting about the Beatles and the record that was behind me at the time was Sergeant Pepper. And so um, Courtney held it up and said, look, here's Sergeant Pepper. <laughs> One of the, what's, uh, what's after a millennial? What's the next generation? Whatever it is, a generation post millennial said, so Mark, you're going to have to explain what a record is. <laughs> and I said, well, think of a record as an olden day Spotify. <laughs> Hold a day Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah, yeah. There's no automated DJ though, and it and that's where DJ comes from. Disc jockey. A disc is a record. Mm. Oh, yeah, actually, no. A better way to explain it is, you know, in in music where you hear <laughs> that's that's spinning a record on a turntable. Oh, anyway, we're back into our mini series on AGM prep, Steve, because it's coming up to AGM season two of the year. It we really kind of have is. two AGM seasons for groups, in particular when we're talking sport, which is mm. we, of course, like to do because we're sporty kind of people. You're a sporty kind of person, and I'm kind of a in meetings governancey nerdy person who's just shit at all sports. <laughs> so I spend time in my meetings instead. <laughs> I'm just better at pretending than you. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Well, I have seen you play soccer where you're lying in the ground. Oh, yeah, oh. Isn't, isn't that the only way to play soccer? <laughs> I saw that in acting school. Yeah. And this is probably the bigger of the two AGM seasons anecdotally, but you know, I think the majority of uh, organizations that we're helping through the process is certainly at, at, in the second half of the year, as opposed to the, AGM season, which falls earlier in the year at the end of the traditional summer sporting yeah. season here in Oz. Yep. So last time we talked about setting the date and time for your AGM and getting a date claimer out. And we talked about the importance of having your financials and you can't muck around with your financials. There are a few things that you must do. So you must have your financials. So by the time you've called your date, you've got your financials back. The next steps in the process are then getting ready for the actual AGM. So we're just going to do a quick flyby here, but we will go into more detail in our upcoming webinar on this. So if you're listening in real time, you'll be able to join us for that webinar. Uh, it is on the 10th of October. And look, even if you don't know if you're going to be able to make it, just register anyway, because we will be making that one available for consumption afterwards as well. We will be walking through all of the steps in sequence as well. 
So really, I think that an important thing that is spelled out in a constitution that you also have to do is to call for nominations for members of your committee or board. Mm. So one of the interesting things about the structure of incorporated associations is that we call them bodies corporate with perpetual succession. So the body corporate bit means that they're an entity in their own right, but the with perpetual succession bit means that there's a process for replacing the people who are here at any given time with somebody else. And that is the election process. So even though the people who are here, say in junior sport, for instance, often it's mums and dads and kids grow up, they're no longer involved in junior sport. So mums and dads toddle off to their next clubs following their kids or indeed get into their own clubs when they become empty nesters. So it's then important that you have that process really clearly spelled out in your constitution. One of the funny things that I've seen, Stephen, no, no doubt you've seen this as well, but I don't know if we've ever actually talked about it, is how the call, the date for the call for nominations and the date for the return of nominations is kind of the same date. <laughs> yeah, the, the minimum notice period typically is 14 days, as you say. So you've got to give at least 14 days notice of the AGM and that is also the date on which <laughs> you've got to receive your nominations back so it's kind of so the meeting's okay. 14 days quick get your nominations in today <laughs> no get it's your nominations in yesterday yeah. <laughs> uh, pity we don't have a time machine so it's uh, because we don't have time machines then you've got to make sure that you do the call for nomination. So even though this is very, very often not spelled out, sometimes it is, sometimes constitutions are nice and uh, specific, and it's certainly something that we make sure that we that we work in because when you know we do a lot of constitutions and so it's important that we cover these sorts of things. Get your nominations out nice and early. Now, it's funny because very often you've got goodies, goodies, and I'll do little bunny ear quotes around goodies because they're the people who think they're the goodies who are in power and there might be a coup from the baddies, but you know, the baddies also think they're the goodies and they, the, the baddies think the goodies are the baddies and the baddies think the baddies are the baddies and the goodies think the goodies are the goodies and the baddies think the baddies are the ba goodies and the baddies think the goodies are the baddies. And if you listen to that in slow motion, I reckon I got it right. Especially with the time machine noises. So uh, you can't fluff around here and try and and cheat the system. Just do it right. Get your nomination, call for nominations, nice and early, and uh, yeah, and and don't muck around. Yeah, and and that's an interesting point because typically, at least once a year, we do get contacted by a club that's trying to, for want of a better term, cheat the system. They've got some specification in their constitution that they, for any number of reasons don't want to comply with and you know they'll ask us what are the ways around this and 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 we'll with with some exceptions we'll typically say you've you've got to stick to your constitution and what it says to the letter of the law and one of those exceptions might be just for clarity if there's an internal inconsistency in the document itself so if the constant if the one constitution in two separate sections says two different things then we might work with an organization's management committee to interpret what's the, the most reasonable approach to take in that situation. But yeah, it's, it, and it still a, interests me. Yeah, there's a bit of sophistication behind that. And like you say, it's it's not a one-size-fits-all no. model. So that's the sort of thing where, yeah, I suppose that's where <laughs> that, that's why people come to us with those sorts of questions because they know <laughs> we're the nerds. <laughs> probably going to know. And yes. probably been asked before. Yep. Pro yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, but isn't it interesting after, what is it now, 26 years, oh my God, wow, of of doing this, 
that there are still questions that come up for the first time. But at least now, then not, not the whole part of the question or the whole part of the process isn't new. It's but there's it's fascinating how often there's still something new. So it just goes to show that basket case clubs can keep getting more basket casey before they get better. Yep. Mm. So when you circulate the call for nominations. I reckon it's a good idea to be really clear about your expectations. So if you've got expectations for what's involved in the position of treasurer, or the position of vice president, circulate that as well so that you're giving people a good chance to consider. And this is obviously beyond the just a warm body will do type scenario. Mm-hmm. And it's also beyond the where there's um, political unrest. So the goodies and the baddies syndrome from earlier <laughs> from earlier where you, you're genuinely seeing, seeking interested people who've got something to bring. So if you've got expectations like that, if you're sophisticated enough to have a skills matrix, then let people know what that is. Let them know what you're looking for and what they're expected to bring, but also let them know the parameters of the positions. Because if you can divide it up and say, these are the boundaries of the role, then people who might otherwise be a bit scared about taking on a role can say, oh, no, actually, I, I, I could do that. And the time expectation is reasonable. And mm. the clarity that says, and by the way, if you're treasurer, you won't be expected to go and open the clubhouse on a Wednesday morning. You won't be expected to be cleaning floors. You won't be expected to be cooking a barbecue because your job is treasurer and that is where we want you to focus. So again, that's, you know, it comes with a level of level of sophistication, but it's the clubs who do that, Steve, that make it onto our showcase clubs list. Indeed. And I also like the idea in the same vein of sharing some information about the tools and systems available to the role. So if it's a treasurer's role, let people know, prospective candidates, what accounting package you use let them know that you've got a a level of sophistication there to support them in their role and that they're not going to be expected to do handwritten journals and ledgers same goes for secretary if you've got some meeting management software or you have some systems and, and there's an intended handover process which ideally you know as we've talked about in the realm of succession in the past that the outgoing secretary will support you in your role and if if there's some level of formality around the period for which that support might be provided. Share that information so that people can make the most informed decision possible. Absolutely. Yep. So that's the nomination bit. That's Sorry, that's the call for nominations. And then another just a logistical thing, but it's often overlooked, is where you're actually going to have the AGM. Some, some clubs... So say take sports like netball and hockey and softball, where it's a kind of a hub and spoke model of, of sport delivery, where each cl- unlike some many of the football codes which play home and away a home and away season, so they have their home grounds. Those sports that I mentioned don't necessarily have their home grounds, and so they pl- all play at a hub association venue, but might train on uh, open space at, at another club at a school at a park in general. And yep. so if if you're one of those sorts of clubs, you might not have your own clubhouse. and You might have hundreds of members who are interested in turning up to an AGM. And if you do, fantastic. that's a good thing because it means people are interested, even if you are doing well and people are just there to, to pat you on the back. But give some consideration to where you're going to have the AGM so that you make sure you've got enough space. You know that is it a stand-up meeting, a sit-down meeting? How long is it going to take? So it's Unfortunately, it's a bit too often overlooked, so mm. don't overlook it. Give it some thought. And remember that you can have all or part of the meeting online. Sorry, it looks like I was stealing the wind from your sails there, Steve. <sighs> yep. <laughs> I was just about to raise that point. And on that, though, there's often questions asked of us 
in relation to the obligation of a club or its committee to provide for the online meeting provision. So a couple of years ago in the change, uh, changes that took place, particularly here in Queensland to the Associations Incorporation Act, it was included in the legislation itself that even if your constitution didn't provide for online general meetings that or meetings to be held, as you say, either in part or entirely online, that you could commence you can still do so. it. Yeah. <laughs> it was June 2020. There was, you know, some interesting things happening that were holding people back from being able to engage in person <laughs> in large numbers. Can't remember what it was. Um, so no surprise that that provision was written, written into the legislation. But we often get asked this question, are we obligated to offer that? Because, and, and, and this is something that we need to work through on a case-by-case basis with each club because it can be a really difficult meeting if you don't have appropriate IT. Yeah, yeah. You don't have appropriate microphones, speakers, internet connection. Yeah, connectivity, yeah. And you've got a hybrid meeting where you've got some people in the room and some people online. It can it can be a very inefficient and unproductive yeah. meeting where people are struggling to hear one another. And that's and then, typically a provision that you've got to be able to hear and take part in the meeting. Yeah. And people then question the equity or fairness of a meeting like that where yeah. they want to have a say but can't because of connectivity or just the fact that they can't hear properly because nobody thought to actually give some consideration to how we're going to, what sort of microphones we're going to use. Interesting that that's another thing. I find that the amount of times that I've turned up to an AGM and said, so how have you organized for the people who are online? Because they've said we're having people online. Yes. They said, oh, no, we'll, we've got a computer there and we're hoping the internet will be okay. Um, Susie will, is going to hotspot, but, you know, she's an Optus and it's not as good as Telstra in that area. So I'm going to hang on a minute. How about, you, how about <laughs> you let me take care of it? And just, you know, having the gear to be able to do it is, yeah. okay, it's, it's, so it's, I'm a muso, Steve, so you can imagine that the audio <laughs> gear that I've got is not the cheap stuff anymore. But it's kick-ass when it works and people just go, oh, thank God you had that. It was just so much better to be able to do that. Yeah. So then let's wrap up this episode by talking about then the formal notice. And you've already mentioned this, that the formal notice period will be spelled out in your constitution. If you're not, then you need your constitution read. I was going to say you need your head read, but you need your constitution read. Uh, and it's very often 14 days or 21 days. Sometimes it's longer than that. But do what it says. And my suggestion is do it as, as soon as you know for sure. So we've already done the date claimer. As soon as you're 100% positive you've got the financials back, do the formal uh, the formal call of meeting, the formal notice of meeting then. So it might be six weeks out. It might be eight weeks out. Yeah, but you've it done it and you've absolutely smashed it in because then you've got the – if you're down to the wire and you're saying – but it's Saturday today. Do we call the meeting today because it's in Saturday? It's on Saturday in two weeks. And then is that two weeks or does the two weeks start from today or does it start from tomorrow? So to avoid any of that and some constitutions, particularly the good ones, might even specify that. And there's there, there are pieces of legislation that we can refer to in some of our constitutions that define what that period actually means. But let's avoid getting into that discussion. And it's so frustrating how many people get into this is a basket casey thing. So many people get into that situation every freaking year. Like, come on. Yeah. You know when the AGM is, you know you got your financials back. Just put the freaking notice out. Uh, anyway, I think look, it's a bit of a misconception that 14 days, okay, so we need to wait until that oh, day. Yes, or yeah. it's 21 days. We need to wait until that day. No, that's the minimum. When you know, least. let everybody know. Because. Yeah. But, the amount of things that I get from clubs and from school that, or schools 
that say, oh, now we've got this thing on. But hang on, you're only giving me two weeks notice. I, I know that definitely with the amount of clients that we've got, we've got stuff booked out into, I think, what are we now? Today is the 27th of September, 2023. I've got stuff that goes into next financial year booked in my calendar. So you can't, yeah, you can't just assume that everyone's going to be able to drop everything and run, especially at the change of season. If you're putting it on a Saturday morning, what's to say that the parents who you want to attend your AGM aren't already at Nippers? Aren't already yeah. at Little A's, aren't already at softball, aren't already at uh, summer season to touch. You know, you, you've got to be aware that people's lives move on. So why not give them as much notice as you can? And again, don't try and game the system here by doing that whole fluffing around trying to get your get what you want across the line. Mm. Yep. So that's probably enough for this episode. A little bit, a few things for you to digest over the coming days. Uh, so remember that we've got our upcoming webinar on October 10, which we're really looking at, obviously 2023, if you're listening to this in the future, in the future, then you can have to go and watch a recording of it. Uh, but it's the sort of thing that we like to do fairly regularly because things change and things change in our operating environment, but also things change because we learn new things. And we typically learn new things when new people do new stupid things that we've had to deal <laughs> That's a with. good point. Yeah, that is generally the catalyst for learning these things. Yes, just when you think you've come up with a foolproof process for AGMs, the universe throws at you a bigger fool. <laughs> Admittedly, though, it's so common that we get asked questions that we've been asked many, many times before. So if you do oh, yeah. have any questions, just get in touch. Yep, absolutely. So how do you get in touch with us? Well, you can go to our website and there's a cprgroup.com.au and there's a little contact us button. And in fact, right next to that button, there's a little uh, button that talks about our training. And in there, there's a link to our webinars. Of course, you can go straight to cprgroup.com.au slash webinars or just click on the link that's going to be in the episode description down below smash that button down below if you, if you are not already following us on social media make sure you do so and again all the links will be in the description to the episode uh if you like i said if you don't know if you're going to be around on the 10th of october just register anyway so that you'll get notified when the webinar becomes available and so you can watch that and you know what i would suggest sharing it with everybody in your group so that everybody knows this is not just one thing that everybody knows about of course, we hope that you are really enjoying all of these episodes of Basket Case Clubs, and we would like to keep improving and bringing you even more valuable episodes. So there's two things that you can do here. The first one is if you've got ideas for future miniseries, and we've got, a, as I've said previously, we've got plenty of really good interviews coming up and plenty of plenty of great content, because funnily enough, Steve, the world doesn't stop throwing Basket Casey ideas around at people. Uh, but if you've got ideas for future episodes, please keep them coming because it's great when we get those and we're able to respond to uh, real con real concerns that people have got. But the other thing, Steve, is let me ask you a question. If you had an opportunity to do something for somebody that cost you nothing but about 50-something seconds of your time, and it was a really meaningful thing that you're able to do for that person, but you will never, never know who that person is or get any thanks for it, would you do it? Yes. <laughs> you had me worried with the gap there. I'm thinking, come on, work with me, Steve, work with me. <laughs> well, what you can do if you're that, if you're a wonderful kind person like Steve and you'd really like to help somebody else who might be struggling or floundering in clubs, then all you've got to do is leave us a review for the, for not only this episode, but for basket case clubs in general on whatever platform it is where you consume your podcasts, because it's those episodes, it's those reviews that are going to help 
other people understand what we're what we're dealing with here. So I know that a lot of our audience are, are volunteers directly, and most volunteers that we've worked with, believe it. Of course, I'm talking to you. Uh, serial volunteers, where they move from one organisation to another, and some of them volunteer for multiple organisations at once. So if you can, if you can share this. If you, if you can share what we do with Basket Case Clubs with other people who can benefit from that, fantastic. But also many of our audience are people who work for councils or for peak bodies or in universities dealing with student clubs, uh, in, in uh, regional associations, national associations, where you've got access to a lot of clubs as well. So th- these sorts of reviews will really help to get the word out. And of course, just let people know that we're here. Don't keep us a secret if you're enjoying what you're hearing. Thanks, of course, to Jess for making us sound even more fantastic than we look. And we look forward to seeing you next time for the continuation of our AGM miniseries. Steve, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Yay! Cannot wait. See you next time. (laughs) See ya. Basket Case Clubs acknowledges the traditional custodians of the country on which we record, being Yugambir, Tarrabal, Jagera and Kabi Kabi Land. We recognise their enduring connection to land, waters and culture and pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to First Nations listeners.